What do you do when your toddlers are jumping off of the couch and climbing the couch and taking risk-taking behavior? Welcome to Toddler Toolkit Podcast, the ultimate parenting guide tailored for the unique challenges of raising twins, multiple kids, or little ones close in age. Hi, I'm Heather, master's in education and proud twin mama of busy toddlers. You might have tried advice tailored for one child, but that's not our journey, right? With a decade of teaching experience under my belt, I've seen it all from toddlers to teenagers in the classroom. Now, as a parent to two toddlers, I'm experiencing the flip side of the coin. So whether you have two under two or just looking for tips that work in tandem, you're in the right place. Let's unlock the secrets to understanding toddler behavior, preventing meltdowns, and raising intuitive, resilient children who listen in two seconds. Risk-taking behavior like climbing on the couch. Okay, I'm going to break it down for you in this episode. First, we're going to talk about why are they doing it? And we're going to go through the progression of risk-taking behavior through the different toddler stages. And then we're going to talk about some solutions, how to have effective communication around this issue. And then finding an outlet for our toddler's interests. Okay, so why are our toddlers engaging in risk-taking behavior like climbing on the couch? They are working on motor development, exploring their environment, testing boundaries, and this also could become more than that. It could become attention-seeking behavior. So the struggle is real. But this is eye-opening. So a study published in the Journal of Pediatrics found that toddlers who engaged in more risky play were more likely to be developmentally advanced in terms of their motor skills and cognitive development. The study also found that risky play was associated with increased creativity and problem-solving skills. So climbing helps toddlers to develop their motor skills, balance, and hand-eye coordination. It also helps them to learn about spatial relationships and how to navigate their surroundings. All right, so great. Now we're learning how risk-taking behavior, like climbing the couch or jumping off of the couch, has tons of benefits for our toddlers. Help, what do we do? All right, let's walk through the different stages of risk-taking behavior. And let's see, is there any hope in sight for us? Okay, so a younger toddler from the age of 12 months to 24 months, okay, and I just want to say, this is just averages. So your toddler might be an outlier or fall not in the average range, and that's totally great and fine, okay? So younger toddlers from a year old to 24 months are still refining their gross motor skills. So they might attempt to climb on furniture or navigate the stairs. They may not understand the concept of danger. So their risk-taking behavior are often uninhibited. And they might frequently taste or mouth objects as a way of exploring them. So our toddler is starting to engage in different explorative behaviors, like being interested in climbing, like 
navigating the stairs and just like reaching and grabbing and putting different things in their mouth, okay? So this totally can start happening and it's really the beginning stages of this and it will progress. Speaking of stairs, I have a side story about that. Having twins and having stairs is quite the dynamic. So when we first moved into our house that we are in now with our twins, you know, we we were definitely going through the thoughts of, oh, like having a one story versus having a two story. In our area, we don't have basements. So so we would have like the main floor and then we would have an upstairs or just having all like one floor, right? And so the house we chose had stairs and it was totally difficult with the twins, especially because my twins are on the bigger size as far as their height and their weight. So having to carry them, having to deal with all of that, um, go through that. And then also their interest in stairs was a lot. But I can say there is definitely a benefit coming out of it because right now they can go up and down the stairs and they, if they wouldn't have had that exposure, just like as we talked about the benefits before, they would not have been as agile on the stairs as they are now. So even though it can be stressful, there is definitely benefits, right? Okay, so let's talk about middle toddlerhood. So when our toddlers are two to three years old, they become more adept at climbing and they might seek out higher challenges. I know all about this personally with my twins. Uh, They begin to develop a better sense of balance and coordination. So they start to understand the concept of boundaries and rules. So so they're starting to learn boundaries, right? And that is really important because they're going to start engaging, maybe testing boundaries with the couch, whether it's climbing the couch, jumping off the couch. But, you know, and that's why it is good to have a system in place for this which I will get to soon. So also your toddler might engage in risk-taking behaviors to assert independence or test reactions from the caregivers, okay? And then when our toddlers are between the ages of three and four, they become even more confident in their physical abilities. They're starting to understand the concept of danger, but they're still probably gonna take risks because they're curious or because they want to explore and have adventure. Your toddler is more likely to engage in imaginative play at the ages of three and four. And so this can lead to risky scenarios like jumping or flying off a piece of furniture. Okay. And I actually see this already now with my twins because my twins and every toddler is different, right? But mine happen to have a lot of gross motor skills, a lot of motor skills, and they're highly active. So even though they, I would say that they are six to eight months early with some of their motor skills, and we're already seeing incidents like flying off furniture in the couch. So if that's happening, no, it's actually a normal developmental stage, but it really matters how we as the parents interact with it. And that also just shows my example that these are just averages, right? So my toddlers aren't three to four yet, but it shows that they're averages and that your toddler might not be in the averages either. And that's totally fine, right? So the other thing is when our toddlers 
are around the age of three and four, they begin to show better judgment and they might start to self-regulate some of those riskier impulses, but not consistently. So also just to throw in an interesting dynamic as the example of my toddlers is that they are advanced in their motor abilities. However, they haven't reached the maturity of the judgment and self-regulating risky behavior yet. So that can create an interesting dynamic for our toddlers when they, when they're advanced in one area, but they don't have the maturity in another. And we're seeing some of these things that can bring on extra challenges. So it is important through all these stages that we use proactive approaches and clear communication. Because what we have learned is there's a lot of benefits to these stressful behaviors, right? They're stressful for us, but it's a normal part of our child's development. So how can we be proactive? And how can we have clear communication so we're not encouraging the behavior to happen more? And we can do this by accident. So I want to spell this out for you and give you the tools so you can decide what works for you, your toddler, and your family. All right, we will talk about that when we are back from the break. Hey mamas, let's take a quick break. I wanted to share with you Meltdown Mastery, the listening and skilled toddler mini course. Get helpful tools sent straight to your inbox and get your child to listen in two seconds. Imagine a calm home with less meltdowns. Go to the show notes for the link or head to twinmomroadmap.com backslash guides for super helpful tools and resources. Also, Become a part of our cozy Facebook community for support, conversation, and double the laughter. Link in show notes to join. Okay, now that we are back from the break, we are going to talk about proactive approaches that we can use, clear communication, and how to channel our child's natural tendencies and development. All right, so I recommend using proactive approaches And I also recommend that we use strategies and methods like two-second solutions. I talk a lot more about two-second solutions in my mini course called Meltdown Mastery, the Listening and Skilled Toddler. But for this episode, I will give just a brief explanation of how we can apply a two-second solution to a toddler climbing on the couch or jumping off the couch. So you can let your toddler know they can climb, but not on the couch. So we can climb on our playset outside or at the park, but we don't climb on the couch. So when we give feedback, we want it to be simple, clear, and concise. So if we're using a bunch of sentences, that could be too much for a toddler on the younger side to understand. So we really need to tailor this to the age of your toddler and how much they can comprehend. If your toddler is a little bit on the older side of toddlerhood, you might be able to explain more without it going over their head. But we want it to still remain simple and clear. We don't want it to get too wordy, too sentencey. We need our toddlers connect A to B. We can tell them the appropriate behavior for the couch. So we can direct their attention to what they should be doing, like we sit on the couch. We can have them engage in something else instead entirely that is more appropriate. And then we can also advocate for their safety by removing them from the couch to another area. So your toddler is an individual. You could use one of these strategies and it might not work. Okay, if you're telling your toddler, 
you know, we don't, we don't climb on the couch, but however, we can climb the park. Okay. They're going to hear that. And if they listen, hey, that is great. But if they don't listen, because that's a little abstract, we're not doing anything in the moment. So we need to connect it to the moment. Because if we're going to use something like that, especially depending on the toddler's age, they're not going to be able to see into the future like that. And we need to make the quick connection. So if you want to use an example like that, you might want to follow through, okay? So we don't want to just be talk. We need to be action and follow through. So it's not appropriate to climb on the couch, but let's go outside and play on the playset outside in the backyard, right? Let's go to playset outside, okay? We're going to get ready. Do we need to put our shoes on? You'll get, you'll get ready and you'll go. So we're teaching them what the appropriate thing is without just talking. Because when we're all talk, we become a broken record, which I want to get to a little bit later. If we tell them the appropriate behavior for the couch, like we sit on the couch, bottom on the couch, and they listen, that's great. If they're not listening, then maybe you find that doesn't work for your toddler, or it only sometimes works. And if that happens, I really recommend that you have them engage in something else entirely, especially if you can't follow through on the promise of actually going and doing something else that is climbing. Like if you know, like right now, you know, it's raining out. So I can't use this example. What do I do? I can't just say, let's go out and climb outside, right? We, we can't do that. So, okay, well then find something else that's more appropriate. It could be something entirely different, like playing with a puzzle or something else fun, okay, that your toddler likes. And of course, your toddler might go towards the things that they they find interesting and engaging. So, you know, there there could be that tendency and that's why it's important that we follow through with our actions. And I wanna get to that in just a second. So I also wanted to say that our, our toddlers can have a shorter attention span. So that's why we are able to distract them to something else. So it's not really worth, right, the power struggle of telling them no climbing on the couch and feeling like a broken record because all it's doing is teaching them not to listen to you and it's wasting your energy. So that's exhausting. If you can distract your toddler to do something else, that could be the solution for you and your individual toddler. Okay, we're going to go do this over here. Now they already forgot about the couch. We also can advocate for our toddler safety, right? Because if they're climbing or jumping on the couch, it's not safe. And we can physically move them to another area if needed. And that's a boundary out of love, right? We're, we're just keeping them safe. Okay. We're keeping them safe. Now they might not want to do it, right? But that is a consequence. We don't climb on the couch. If they're jumping or climbing or hanging off the side of the couch, we can follow through, have boundaries and keep them safe because they don't have the maturity level to understand that that could really hurt them. And I want to talk a little bit about like, these are some suggestions on what to do depending on your toddler and following through. I also want to bring in the conversation of really what not to do. And this is why. Okay. So we don't want to become the parrot. Okay, like the bird, a parrot. We don't want to keep repeating ourselves and teach our children to tune us out and not listen to us. Because if we're always using no, don't stop, it becomes normalized. So I recommend using those sparingly. I save them for when I really need them. And it is paid off because when I do use them, my toddlers listen. It's easy to fall 
into the repetitive cycle of saying no or don't when managing toddlers. So if they're climbing on the couch and going, no, stop climbing, don't climb. Okay, what is happening when we say that and then we're taking no action or we're not changing anything? So if we're saying that and it works, then there's no problem, right? They listened. But if they're not listening and we find we're repeating ourselves, we are desensitizing our toddlers to what we're saying. So just like any other phrase or sound that's repeated too often, your toddler's going to begin to tune it out and the word no is going to lose impact. You're going to have to say it more. You're going to have to say it louder. And that is a vicious cycle we do not want to get into. Also, if we're focusing on a lot of negative, like negative phrases, like no, don't stop, that can also reinforce or encourage the behavior that we don't want to see like climbing. So if your toddler is climbing and you're saying no and they keep climbing and they're laughing, it could become fun or like a game to them. And what they're thinking is when I climb on the couch, I get mom or dad's attention, right? I'm getting their attention. So I'm going to keep doing this. Also, if we focus so much on limiting or what our child does and we restrict kind of that, that, that freedom of theirs, It could cause our children to be overly cautious and we don't want to hinder their natural exploration tendencies. We want to keep them safe, obviously, but we don't want the polar opposite to happen where we are instilling fear or anxiety in our children. So we really need to use no sparingly and for no to maintain its impact, we need to reserve it for situations that genuinely require immediate attention or related to safety. So this has definitely happened. I have two examples. So one example is at the park. I was taking my toddlers to the park and they saw an older kid kind of jump off the side of the playground using the bars. And so as toddlers, they like to model. So one of my toddlers was about to go do the same thing. And it was a pretty far drop. And I'm always very careful. Uh, I try to be careful on what playgrounds I take my toddlers to because of the drops and the distances. And also if they are up on a platform, I'm always being very careful and cautious and making sure that they're safe and standing there, standing to catch them if anything were to happen, right? So, you know, I'm making sure like, hey, if I'm taking you here, I need to be responsible, right? I need to be responsible and make sure you're safe because my toddlers are on the younger side and have been going to the playground since they were very, very little. And because they are gifted with motor abilities, like I do believe my toddlers have advanced, they are advanced in some of their motor abilities they're also then more likely to get involved in more risk, right? Like copying another child and then maybe falling off the side of the playground, which is really scary. So I use their name, stop. You know, I use that then. I was right there too, which helped. Um, and my toddler listened. Okay, that sometimes these can be kind of stressful, right? Um, another example is just like the other week, I've been cooking in the kitchen all the time and my toddlers have never tried to reach up into a pan on the stove. But guess what? That happened last week. So one of my toddlers reached their hand up and I did use the no and the stop. And what happened was my toddler listened immediately right away and turned around and looked at me. But if I were to use that all the time, it would just be, oh, mom's just saying no again. But, you know, 
I said it very quickly. I said it with passion, right? Because I did not want him to burn his hand. And he was able to be safe and okay. So he actually didn't burn his hand. Luckily, when he touched it, it was very short and he didn't get a burn or anything, which was really good. But also because I used it sparingly, he listened. He's like, mom means business. I'm going to listen. Okay, so that is the lesson of using no sparingly. All right, so our communication with our toddlers needs to be simpler. We don't want to be just throwing out a ton of sentences or words, or we don't want to, you know, read the advice for parents. Like, you know, like if you're on social media, you can see advice for parents, okay? And sometimes they do give examples of what to say to your toddler. But we don't want to be giving that exact advice to our toddlers because it needs to be simplified. And some of the advice is written for toddlers of different ages. So we need to know our toddler, their age, and what they're capable of, what their strengths are. Because if we're expecting them to understand this whole explanation, just because it was in some Instagram post somewhere, that might not work for your toddler. So we need to make sure the communication works for your toddler. And we could use a combination of two-second solutions. But here's the customizable part. Your unique toddler, their age, their strengths, maybe they defy the age norms, right? Like the examples I gave with my toddlers. They might not have the mental maturity, but they definitely have the physical uh, gifts, right? That are above the average norm. So those can present unique challenges and we need to keep that all in mind. So we can emphasize safety. If we ever do want to use no or stop in a teaching moment, we can connect it, but we do need to make the reasons clear to our toddlers. Like, no, we don't touch the stove. It's hot and it can hurt you. And I definitely, after I told my toddler no with the stove, I did say, it's hot, ouchie. My toddler understands ouchie because he's had some ouchies. And when I said that, he understood right away that was going to hurt because in his language, that made sense to him. So I used terms and words that were familiar to him and other experiences that were on his level. And he understood right away what I was saying. And guess what? For the rest of the time that I cooked, because I was cooking quite a few meals, we had some guests over. It was really fun. But when I was cooking, he didn't come back and do it again. So he listened the first time. He also listened right away. But don't let that deceive you because if you're always used that no, you might not get that listening if you're always using it because then you become the broken record. All right. So we always also want to point out the positive. Okay. So when is your toddler doing what they should be doing? When are they actually sitting on the couch? Call that out, praise it. Whenever they're acting appropriately, let them know. You know, I love how you asked for help. I, I love how you're sitting on the couch or that that's, yeah, we're sitting on the couch together. This is so great. Uh, you don't have to call like an amazing, huge attention to it, but you know, you can give your toddler feedback, right? Because every toddler is different, okay? You can give them the feedback that, hey, this is cool. This, Yeah, this is how we we can all sit on the couch and cuddle. Yeah, this is what we do, okay? And Because they are doing it. But if they only get our attention when they're not doing what they should do, then they're going to engage in that behavior more, which is attention-seeking behavior. And our attention will fuel the behavior because it could have started out just regular natural development, climbing on the couch, and it could become, oh, I love to climb on the couch because I'm getting all this attention, right? 
we can also teach the consequences. So not just like restricting our toddler from doing things like climbing on the couch, but we can also let them know like the consequence of it. And now this also depends on your toddler's age, right? So if you jump on the couch, you could fall and get a boo-boo or you could fall and it'd be ouchy. So it would hurt, right? So our toddlers might not understand that, okay? It depends on their age. So we can't give this advice to every toddler. So this, a toddler that understands the future or like a future action and something hurting is gonna take a lot more, okay? So we really need to tailor the consequences. So if a toddler is not able to understand a consequence like that, then we need to advocate for their safety and consequences in in a safe way. And that could be removing them from the couch, getting them to a different location so they're safe. Because yeah, it's it's not fun when your toddler or child gets injured. Of course, they could learn through natural consequences, but we also want to keep them safe, right? So finding an outlet for our toddler's interests. Okay, so if your toddler tends to engage in a certain behavior, like if they like to throw a lot, how can we channel this in a way that's safe? Okay, they like to climb or they like to jump. We need to channel this in other alternative safe ways. Okay, so safe climbing structures. Maybe your toddler just absolutely loves to climb and you don't have any toddler-friendly climbing areas or places. So you could go to the playground and use age-appropriate climbing equipment, or maybe you are like, this is this is just an ongoing thing and they just really like to do it. Maybe in your backyard, you want to figure something, either in your house, you could do soft materials for climbing or in your backyard, maybe you wanna invest in some kind of equipment where your toddlers can climb safely. So this is an alternative to them climbing on the couch. Of course, there, you know, these days you can find classes for almost anything. So you could enroll your toddler in a climbing class or they might offer, you know, some safe climbing. There are some really cool places. Um, I know that we have in our area and I'm sure they are all over as well that are like maybe like gross motor or physical therapy type places for children. And you can take your kids and they can go climb on on the equipment. Sometimes these places, you know, they're going to charge a fee for you to use it for a certain amount of time. You might have to sign up to take the class. But if your toddler really likes climbing, it's better to find healthy alternatives than to only be always stuck with them climbing on the couch. Because they are trying to, your toddler is trying to develop. They're just trying to physically develop. So they need that outlet. Also, you know, making sure you have the safe home environment and it's toddler proof. Because we have baby proofing, but then we also, we have toddler proofing because they can get into so many more things, right? We want to make sure that the furniture is stable or books cases are secured, Okay, and prevented from tipping because our toddlers are going to get creative. We need to set clear boundaries and the difference between what's safe climbing and what's unsafe climbing, right? So climbing on the dining room table or the counter is not safe. There are safer places that we can climb, like play structures. And also we can let our toddler know if they're climbing in an appropriate place and use that as an opportunity to tell them like, yeah, this is where we climb. This is the safe spot to climb. So it's important that we do honor our children and not suppress their natural tendencies, but we channel them in ways that are safe and constructive. 
So when we have two toddlers, our toddlers are more likely to get involved in risk-taking behaviors together, such as climbing or jumping off the couch, and the dynamic can become more complicated. This is due to several factors. Okay, so if you have twins or you have toddlers close in age, they have peer reinforcement. So one toddler is jumping off the couch or climbing, and that could lead to them both taking that risk. They're not doing it alone and they are mutually doing it together so they can feed off of each other. It's more energetic. It's more playful and they get into a feedback loop of excitement and energy. So if you have multiple kids, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. And this can just create more of a dynamic for us as parents to manage. You might also find if you have siblings or toddlers close in age, there could be competition or competitiveness about climbing or jumping. And that can definitely show up as well. So more increased energy and intense play there. Also, your toddlers might be more distracted because they are playing together. They could be distracted on what they're doing and they could be more likely to engage in dangerous behavior or get hurt because their attention isn't as it usually would be. Also, toddlers do like to imitate a lot. That's why they say for adults to model, model the behavior you want to see in your toddler. But toddlers also can imitate each other. So if one has the idea to try something, the other will too. Just like if one of your toddlers tries to decide to eat a new food, the other one might as well. But that's the same for climbing, jumping off the couch. If one figures out, hey, this is super fun way to jump off the couch, your other toddler might be more likely to copy. So if you're totally, you know, in a predicament about climbing and jumping, just make sure that your floor is safe. So, you know, whether it's a rug or soft cushions or soft mats on your floor to prevent injury, if you're having a hard time managing that, that could be a good idea to look into because falling on a hard floor, for example, could create an injury like an ankle sprain. So so if you can think of ways to prevent injury proactively, but also we don't want to just rely on that if, you know, that's not one of your household, because you're the parent, you can decide what you're okay with, right? But if you're not, you know, okay with that, we still need to use the boundaries and the consequences I talked about earlier. You know, making sure your furniture is stable, which I know we talked about, and having the positive outlets for our toddlers. So if they like jumping, okay, maybe it's worth investing in a toddler safe trampoline or somewhere else they can go jump, making that part of their routine. So they are getting to work on those developmental skills, but in a safer way. When we find replacement for things and a healthier outlet, that is great, but we can't always have that 24-7 a day. So like 24-7 a day, you know, we can't have our toddler jumping off a trampoline or climbing. We can work it into our day. We can make it part of their routine or special outings, but what about the other hours of the day where they might go and climb on the couch? Well, that's where I will say, go back to the clear communication, using two-second solutions, and really getting to know what works for your child using the tools from this toolkit. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the next episode. And that wraps up another episode filled with tools and insights to help your parenting journey have clarity and ease. Remember, every child is unique and so is our experience, especially when there's more than one. Keep celebrating those small victories and learning along the way. 
I'm Heather, your Twin Mama Guide, and until next time, here's to raising skilled, self-regulated toddlers who listen, learn, and love. Take care and see you soon.